Hey, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this message helps you grow in your walk with Christ. If you'd like to support this ministry, visit theroadfc.org and click the giving link. Uh, Today is uh, Faith Promise Sunday. Uh, Faith Promise is an annual uh, pledge-based giving campaign uh, that supports the work of missions around the world. And so we're going to have an opportunity later on to make those pledges. Um, uh, But before we do that, I want to uh, just share a little bit uh, with us from Romans chapter 10. Uh, You can follow along with me as I read it. It'll also be up on the screens. But I want to be in Romans chapter 10 today, beginning with verse 11. And want to read all the way through uh, 15. And basically, I just want to set the stage uh, for uh, some different things that we're going to do. We're going to do some interactive things uh, here this morning as part of the message. And so, uh, but want to set the stage for that first. Uh, Romans chapter 10, uh, beginning with verse 11, says this. Now, as Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Uh, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For the same Lord is Lord over all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, how then can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe in one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how is it that anyone can preach unless they are sent? For as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Um, In this passage, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church in Rome. And in particular, in this section of of the letter of his writing, what he is saying is that the good news of Jesus Christ is available to both Jews and Gentiles. Now, this was a revolutionary message because at that time there was a belief that you either uh, had to belong to ethnic Jews or adopt a Jewish practice in order to follow the Jewish Messiah. Paul's point, however, uh, is that Jesus isn't just the Jewish Messiah. He's actually uh, the Messiah of the entire world and for the entire world. And so Paul's primary point is that in light of this truth, then anyone can come to Christ through faith. And anyone who follows the way of Jesus then has the privilege and the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And to drive that point home, he borrows a phrase from the prophet Isaiah, and he says then, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And I think this is an appropriate message for us right here and right now. Uh, there's the Jew-Gentile debate isn't still, uh, isn't still going on, but there's Uh, There is this reality that as the people of God who come to him by faith, we have both the privilege and the responsibility to go and to share the good news. However, if we are going to be bringers of good news, we need to know what the good news of Jesus Christ actually is. And the good news is certainly that Jesus Christ has died for your sins, as we say. Uh, But I want to remind us this morning that it is also far more than that. The good news of Jesus Christ is that through Christ, God's new creation has been inaugurated. That God is is now doing something in the world and making things right. And this, of course, and a big part of that, and a central part of that, is, of course, the forgiveness of sins. But we shouldn't just stop there. And I think that we've done a a disservice to the gospel anytime we frame it purely in terms of just the forgiveness of personal sins. 
for the gospel and the work of Jesus Christ in the world is far greater than that. It also includes restorative justice, peace, healing, reconciliation, care for God's creation, and plentiful resources for all so that no one goes hungry or thirsty or without shelter. For all of these things are under the umbrella of what it means to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. For these are all things that the, and I would say that these are all things that the people of God should be all about. For these are the things that embody the good news of Jesus Christ. And let me just give you a specific example as related to justice. And we've talked a lot about justice in the past, but just again as a reminder, uh, when we think about what is God's justice look like, uh, we often tend to think of justice purely in the terms of uh, retributive justice or retribution. And, but, but primarily, retributive justice says this, a crime has been done, and so what punishment needs to be laid out uh, to, that, that would match uh, the degree of the crime. So retributive justice says a crime has been done, what punishment needs to be laid out to match that crime. But God's justice isn't like that. God's justice is always restorative. And so the difference is God's justice, God's restorative justice says this. Instead of saying a crime has been done, therefore punishment must be carried out, God's restorative justice says harm has been done. And what needs to, what needs to be carried out for healing to take place. This is the heart of God. And the people of God, in order to share and proclaim the good news, need to be a people that are about not only the forgiveness of sins, but also God's restorative justice in the world. Peace, healing, reconciliation, earth care, and all of these things that I have mentioned. For these things are the things that foreshadow the world that God is bringing about. And so, yes, the good news of Jesus Christ certainly is that Jesus died for your sins and that through faith you can be forgiven, but it is also so much more than that. And I hope that we realize that. And so as the people of God, then, we have the privilege and the opportunity to share this good news with both our city and the world. We have the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ in both our city and the world. That's a cute little phrase, isn't it? Share the gospel with our city and the world. Yeah! <laughs> it's a cute little phrase. Uh, it's very inspiring, even. But have you ever questioned the practicality of it? Uh, in fact, have you ever found yourself asking a question, how, how am I supposed to make a difference in the world? Maybe a difference in my family. Maybe we can wrap our minds around that. Maybe a difference in our neighborhood. We might be able to wrap our minds around that. How in the world can I make a difference in the world? Or even, have you ever asked the question, how is our church supposed to make a difference in the world? You see, it's really inspiring and it's very good. And it's, it's quite frankly, it's preacher talk. Uh, to say, yeah, let's go share the good news with our city and the world. But let's talk about the practicality of that this morning on this Faith Promise Sunday. We find evidence in Scripture, and we also find evidence even in our own 
uh, experience that there are some people, not everyone, but some, who are called to go and to share the good news of Jesus Christ in a culture of which they are not familiar. They're called very directly to go, to, to leave the, uh, the culture, the space, the place that they're comfortable in which they find a home, and they're called to go and to proclaim the good news, which again is, of course, the forgiveness of sins, but all of these other things as well. There's so much more to it than that, and they're called to go from this place of comfort into a place where there's discomfort and to trade in familiarity for unfamiliarity. And we may not be called to go with them, but we are called to partner with them through financial and prayer support. And so the answer to the question, how can I make a difference in the world and how can this church make a difference in the world? How can we together make a true difference in the world for the gospel is by supporting those who are called to go through prayer and through financial support. Because it's a recognition that says, you know, I may not be called to leave this, this culture in which I've grown up and, and, and am familiar, but there are people who have been called to go. And then we have uh, the privilege, the responsibility uh, to support them. And this morning, I, I want to tell you about Faith Promise. Faith Promise is a direct way for you and I to financially support those who are called to go. And I want to be able to do it this morning with glad hearts, with sincere hearts, uh, with hearts of, of love as we send those people out into the world. Uh, but in order to do that, we need to do a little bit of education. Um, I, I recognize that many of you do not come from uh, denominational backgrounds, or you don't, certainly may not come from a background in Church of the Nazarene. And so I want to tell you just a little bit about Faith Promise and do some education about what is called the World Evangelism Fund. Because the Faith Promise money, so every, all the money that we raise for Faith Promise, uh, the big lion's share of it goes to uh, what we call uh, the World Evangelism Fund. And the World Evangelism Fund does this. Uh, it, it gives support and encouragement to those in, who are in the field uh, working as missionaries by helping to fund necessities like housing, like insurance, while, while also helping to pay for clergy training and the establishment of new churches and all kinds of other things. In fact, I want to show you a chart of where uh, the monies given to the World Evangelism Fund go. Uh, so we can pull up that chart. Now, can all of you read that? <laughs> I wanted to help give you a picture. Hopefully you can at least get a, a sense of what the big uh, categories are. But in the, in the middle is the World Evangelism Fund. Uh, starting on the top left-hand side uh, is new churches. And so through the World Evangelism Fund uh, monies, new churches are established, new congregations around the world uh, that can have a positive impact in their community. And research shows that the best way to reach new people uh, for, in the faith and for Jesus Christ is not to set up a gigantic church, but to set up small churches that reach neighborhoods and communities. Uh, in fact, over 90% of the churches in the U.S. are about the size of our church. Uh, and, and what we find is that that's true all around the world. 
uh, is that establishing new churches in neighborhoods is the most effective way uh, to reach new people for Jesus Christ. If you go right across the top there, so in the top, on the top in the middle is missionaries, and that's what we talk about the most, is, is that there are people sent, there are missionaries of the church of the Nazarene uh, that are proclaiming, actively proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, many of those are, are vocational missionaries. That's what they do. Uh, just like a vocational pastor. That's their, that's their means of, of living. But many are also what we call tent-making missionaries. That is, they have a second career. Uh, they're doing something, a, a normal trade, uh, but then they're also uh, placed there for ministry in their local communities. And they need uh, things like uh, medical insurance, housing, pension plans, other benefits, and the World Evangelism Fund helps to take care of those who are called into the world to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, there on the top on the right-hand side is resources. Your giving provides resources and literature in over 90 languages to churches all over the world. And so what we, when we get a sense of the World Evangelism Fund is not just going, uh, it is, but it's not just going to individual families who are missionaries, but it's also going to empower churches around the world. And you may not know that the Church of the Nazarene is, has active churches in 162 world areas. And so the Church of the Nazarene is truly a global church, and we get to be a part of that through the World Evangelism Fund and our faith promise giving. And then over there uh, in the middle left is the regions. The largest portion of World Evangelism Fund goes to mission work in Nazarene regions, which is Africa, Asia Pacific, Eurasia, uh, Mesoamerica, South America, and the USA, Canada. Those are the major regions of the Church of Nazarene. These funds enable the regions to effectively implement church planting and discipleship strategies through local churches and ministries. Partner ministries, in other words, the Church of Nazarene has all kinds of different uh, supportive ministries and partner ministries like Nazarene Missions International, that's called NMI, Nazarene Youth International, NYI, Work and Witness, Global Mission, uh, and World Evangelism Fund. All of these things are supported there. If you go right down below there, education, your giving funds clergy development and ordination in the Church of Nazarene and makes holiness education available worldwide through Nazarene institutions of higher education. And then on the bottom left-hand side, mission uh, ministry network. Because of your giving, the Church of the Nazarene develops and sustains worldwide communication, technology support, and mission endeavors for the, so the unreached can hear the gospel. And just one example of one of the ministry networks uh, is, the, is what's called the World Broadcast Fund. Uh, or network, and what that does is it's a radio station uh, that is proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ over the radio airwaves around the world. And so, I want you to get a sense uh, of just when you give to Faith Promise, what all of does that money do? And, and that basi- this basically is uh, the the missions fund for the Church of the Nazarene, and we uh, think that it does phenomenal work uh, around the world. And so, uh, any Faith Promise, so. Let me tell you about then our goals for this year. Our faith promise goal for this year uh, is to give $10,000 over the course of the year uh, to faith promise. You can give a one-time gift today or in the next couple of weeks. Uh, You can make uh, a pledge to give weekly or monthly uh, or quarterly, however you want to to plan to to split that up. But you can make a a pledge that says, over the course of the next fiscal year, from from June to June, uh, I will uh, support faith promise at this amount, uh, either monthly or weekly. And so now our goal is $10,000. If we have any money come in over $10,000, what we do is we keep a growing fund here at the church for us to support our own 
uh, sort of global ministry initiatives. Uh, right now, based on our annual report that we did a couple of weeks ago or about a month ago, uh, we have around $3,500 in that fund of, of overages or excess faith promise money. What we want is that fund to just continue to grow, and then eventually we'll be able to use that money uh, for any number of uh, missions, global missions work that is our own initiative out of our lo- local context. One of the things we'd love to do is begin to plan a mission trip uh, that, we would, that we would either go with a different a, a partner church where we combine churches and go on a mission trip or just do it all on our own. Uh, and some of that money could be used for scholarships to mission trips uh, or to pay for materials for a, a building that we might be, a church that we might help be building around the world. So there's lots of different opportunities for us to do that. Uh, and th- that's how Faith Promise works is it's money given specifically for uh, the work of global missions around the world. That's pretty good, right? Uh, I bet you that's a lot of information you never knew. And that's a lot more education than it is sermon, but that's, there's a place for that and there's a role for that. Uh, and we want to make sure that you understand when you give to Faith Promise what you're giving to.